weekend racing. It's time to recap it. And who better to do it than Michael and Magic? Two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of their shows. Real fans look forward to these guys in their last thoughts because they know they're not talking out of their royal ascot. What they say makes sense. So ladies and gents, sit back and relax as Blinkers Off presents The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is The Magic Mike Show, episode 359, Mr. Samich. Huzzah! Thought you do a Gonzaga. Nothing. No, like they that. they get no love. They get they like they. I haven't watched them play all year, and so they're they're on the TV right now. And I may or may not have, have played them a little bit here. And let me tell you, I am not impressed. I'm not impressed by this gangly ass seven footer that's supposed to be the number one pick in the in the NBA draft. I'm not impressed by their three for ten free throw shooting. I'm not impressed by their their fast pace and sh- take bad shots. I'm not impressed with you, Gonzaga. Pick it up. I got a friend who did the uh, – he just decided for uh, March Madness because he doesn't follow it any more than I do. He's like, I'm just going to go in and bet um, $5 on every single underdog throughout the entire tournament and see if he comes out on top. Because really, you only need one big upset. And you're you're going to turn – at least come close to turning a profit. So um, I know he what side of that game he's on right now. <laughs> So he's on money line on everything. He's a money line. He's putting five dollars money line, and all you need is one to pop, and you're you're good. See, the problem though is that like the, the lines are so sharp now that Katie is insulted by your comment here, David. That, oh, that, is, that is insulting to Katie. <laughs> I'll let Magic put up. I mean, there's oh. a double. There's a double like negative in there too. The poor man's white, Katie. Yeah. That's oof. <laughs> Um, it, the problem with your buddy's theory is that like, even like the lines are so sharp. Now you had the 11 seed Michigan beat the six seed Colorado state. Michigan was a two point favorite in that game. So you have, you have the correct seeds a lot of times being favored. So it's, it's tough to, to beat it, beat Vegas. Now this, this March madness tournament, I'm telling you, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, well, if you didn't join it yet, if you did do a tournament, uh, if you made a bracket on ESPN, you can still join the Racing Dudes uh, tournament. We're doing a fun challenge. It's free to join. It's on ESPN. Just go to the Racing Dudes Twitter, twitter.com slash racing underscore dudes. Um, I've got it pinned to the top there. Just click on that. You can jump right into the group, and we'd love to have you. Um, the, there's going to be a little bit of a prize pack and, of course, bragging rights to whoever wins this. So uh, come on in and join if you haven't yet. I usually wait until the weekend's over to look at my bracket and just see how much red is on there because uh, I talked about before, Mike, I'm very bad at this. So, Did you like Iowa? They're about to lose. I, well, I see that. Yeah, Richmond's uh, up on <laughs> Iowa here. I really don't remember. I went through, honestly, as Papa Dude was doing it on the Dudes Who Bet Sports Show Live, I was doing it live on the bracket. And I hit submit, and then Papa Dude goes, I mean, I'm going to probably change all of this before tomorrow. And I was like, God damn it, why did I just listen? <laughs> why did I follow you for an hour doing this stuff? Uh, but yeah, lots of fun if you can. Join us in the ESPN bracket. Yeah, I chalked out pretty good, not going to lie. I don't think I had any like crazy like you know, 15 over twos or 10 over the two or anything like that. So I'm, I'm a pretty chalky entry in that. December and March are the only two times people get excited about spiders around here. Uh, that's the truth. Listen, we're going to be looking at Gulfstream Park on Saturday, March 19th. It's going to be a fun sequence. We've got two stakes in there. Uh, let's get right into it, Mike. Riders up.
right, Mike, let's go to Gulfstream Park on Saturday, March 19th. A late pick four sequence and kicking it off race nine. We're going with Maidens, a field of eight three-year-old Colts going a one-turn mile on the dirt. And three of them in here, Mike, are new shooters. Let me pull this down for a second real quick so I don't make anybody sick on the screen. Uh, three new shooters in this race, two from Todd Pletcher. Uh, they're both the five to two favorite and the seven to two second choice in here. Where did you go in this race? All right, so I played two tickets. I'm going to play a $5 ticket and 50 cent ticket. And in the $5 ticket, I'm going to single. And I'm going to single a horse I think just had kind of bad luck uh, through three starts in his career. I'm going to go to the three-horse touch code. Look, this horse has run into very, very good horses in all three of his starts. Uh, so first start out of the gate runs into Emmanuel, who uh, wins by six. Next start out runs into Volcanic and Charge It. Yes, that Charge It is now going to be one of the shorter prices in the Florida Derby. Then runs into Charge It when Charge It breaks his maiden in the next start as well. And every one of these races tried to duel with these horses, which I think is the, the key here. Tried to be the pace of the race, faced horses who went on to quickly on to stakes races. Not like, hey, we eventually got there. No, next start, we were in major stakes races with Kentucky Derby points. Here we've got Touch Code now facing a field which I don't think has one of those monster pletchers in it. I know we've got gasoline. I know we got Bright Future. But neither of them were hyped nearly as much as Emmanuel, as Charge It, as horses that he had to face in those first three starts. So I think he faced uh, two of the lesser three-year-old Pletchers that we're going to see here as a first-time starter. I'm a little concerned that the two-dual threat is even in this race um, because you, you have two for Ma. That kind of made me scratch my head a little mm -hmm. bit. But uh, I am going to go with touch code as a single. I like the four-to-one price. I hope we get close to that on race day because this is one of those examples where you've got a horse with experience who's faced really good horses. Yeah. is isn't quite up to snuff, he should be able to win by open legs. The uh, I did I went too deep here and I'm doing the same thing as Mike actually a fifty cent ticket and a five dollar ticket and I'm using two horses on both of them. Touch code wasn't my top choice, but he was, it was like it was like one and one a. Um, absolutely love him. You made a bunch of great points. Do you know who he is a half brother to? Uh no. West Coast. West Coast is a son of Flatter. Flatter is a son of AP Indy. Touch code is a son of Honor Code. Honor Code is a son of AP Indy. See where I'm going with this. Love this horse. Uh, great spot. However, Todd Pletcher's got two in here, and the five bright future um, is one of three horses that Todd Pletcher triple crown nominated without a name. Uh, I always find that very interesting when connections do that, when they're like, we don't know what the hell we're going to name the horse, but we do want him in the triple crown uh, to be eligible for that. Um, the five bright future is the favorite of the two of the Pletchers over Gasoline, who's 72 second choice. I like that Irad is going to be on bright future. Um, I, I really feel like with his works that it, this has got a horse that's going to be ready to go. Um, Curlin does okay for uh, first-time starters. It's, it's about 13%. It's not super exciting, but Curlin has, you know, like 3 million babies out there. So huge sample <laughs> size. But, again, I love that Irad's going to be up. The works, to me, look better than the four gasoline. So I'm going to use a Pletcher. And then, uh, like Mike said, the three-touch code, so much class and experience. Adding the blinkers, you got to love them. Yep. And, and Sophia Song, who's the dam uh, for that four, five horse bright future, was quite precocious as well. Uh, one second start with a 62 buyer ended up running in a grade three and grade two as a three year old. So uh, she had a, a decent career, although it was pretty short. It's the first uh, child out of uh, out of Sophia's song. So we'll see what she can do as a first time mama here. Um, also a Pletcher trainee, Sophia's song. <laughs> yep. So interesting, interesting on the five. I think it's interesting they named it Bright Future and they nominated it before. Rapoli also nominates the majority of his horses that he thinks has any chance, though. So I, I the Rapoli part of this grain of salt on the nomination before the name side of it. Um, on the 50 cent ticket, I really didn't get that creative. Look, there's two Pletchers in here. You've got Sires and Ortiz on them. You've got another Mott in here and I'm putting the Mott on top. I'm going to go four deep. I'm going to use Dual Threat, who's the other Mott horse in here. I'm going to use gasoline. I'm going to use bright future. And I'm just going to move along to the next leg because I don't, I like, I, 
I'm playing the $5 ticket because my opinion is touch code is the best horse in this race. In the 50 center, I'm going to back it up a little bit. But to me, I want touch code as the majority of the money going through this one. Uh, Michael says tough start uh, in debut also for touch code getting in there. So yeah, I, I listen, a touch code really seems, especially four to one, having those two Pletcher debut horses in there where you don't know what they're going to do. Uh, that makes touch codes price better here. So if you like touch code, Mike's very uh, high on him here, even higher than I am. Uh, don't be afraid to press your opinion a little bit in this race. Uh, let's move on to the second leg of the late pick four sequence at Gulfstream park on Saturday, March 19th. This is race 10, the $100,000 silks run stakes. We have a field of, uh, let's see, 10 older males in here going for furlongs. And you, they're all older males. The three to two, the three horse Arrest Me Red is the five to two favorite for Wesley Ward. It's also a race that was won last year by one of my all-time favorites, Karotari. Karotari is not here, but his trainer, Brian Lynch, brings the two cool quest, who's trying turf for just the second time. There are a lot of ways you can go in here. When I was handicapping, I was like, I see like 18 different Mike Samich angles. So let me just turn it over to you while I enjoy a Guinness on St. Patty's Day. I mean, this is going to be a toasty, toasty pace up front. Um, there are about six horses that want to be up front. There's a 122 time form, 115 time form, 108 time form. So we've just got speed on speed on speed in this spot. That leads me to try and find the horse that I think is going to just trip out. And in this case, that is the number nine, Yes, I'm Free. Uh, look, Yes, I'm Free is going to, it has the ability to sit real close to the speed, which I like. We've got a 106 time form, has forward pace. So it's not like you're going to be coming from the clouds here in this race. Could sit fourth or fifth in this race because, yes, there's that much speed because the two wants to go, the three wants to go, the five wants to go. The nine is going to sit right behind them here. Um, and, and the nine also loves Gulfstream Park as well. Yes, I'm Free is six for 16 over this turf, or five for 12 over this turf course, six for 16 at the distance. And you look at that last race, the, the, the turf sprint where this horse just absolutely had everything fire, sat in second, a length and a half back, then was able to make the move. That's the kind of trip I'm looking for again. That was second off a layoff. Now we're coming third off a layoff. Jaramillo has had a lot of success on this horse. If you dig back, back to the past performances, this was exactly that was actually his fourth win on Yes, I Am Free. So I, I love the fact that we get Jaramillo back. I think Yes, I Am Free just absolutely trips out. I'm only going to go too deep in the $5 ticket. Yes, I'm free is one of the two I'm using. And I am going to use one of the other speed horses here. And it's not going to be the three-horse Arrest Me Red. It's going to be the two-cool quest. Look, this horse is faster than everyone else in this race. Just haven't seen that on turf yet, right? I, we went 22-45 and change. This horse has 21 and change ability. And I, I would be a little lower, less hesitant, or more hesitant. Except I think this is a pretty aggressive spot for Lynch to put this horse in, especially off that last race where he runs 100 buyer and a career best buyer. And then you look at that last workout, right, where we dropped the 47-1 and one around the dogs, one of 53 on that day from a work perspective. I think all systems go here for Cool Quest. I think Cool Quest is the speed of the speed. And most importantly, Cool Quest is the inside speed of the speed. So as long as he stays even with any other speed in this race, he gets to that turn first. He gets to the lane first. It's going to make it tough for anybody else. So I'm going to go too deep on the $5 ticket. I'm going to go with the two and the nine. Boy, I, I agree. I'm with you on the nine. I like the nine a lot, though. Uh, I went three deep, and the nine is the only one that didn't make my $5 ticket. But it was close. Uh, yeah, Harmio, seven mounts, four wins, two seconds. And lost this race last year. Completely blew the start. That really hasn't been an issue before or since for the horse. So uh, any concern about that is it, got to be gone here. Um, I couldn't go with the two because there's just so much speed, and I don't know what he's going to do on turf against stakes horses in, in this spot. Uh, he very well could run away with it, and if that happens, congratulations to you and anybody who's with him uh, for sticking with him. I just I can't do that in this spot. My top pick is going to be the three. Arrest me, Red. Pretty boring, but 
since he trained uh, switched over to Wesley Ward last year, three for three. Although you could possibly argue he's most vulnerable here off the layoff because his worst uh, effort for Ward last year was off of the layoff as well. Uh, not a concern for me that much because you see that 47 and two at Payson Park. It wasn't around the dogs, like so a little bit of a uh, cool quest gets a little bit of an edge there, uh, but it was still 47 and two. Uh, best of 16 that day. So I'm going to use him here. Um, I also like the fact that when he was with Arnaud Delacour as a two-year-old, he won the Atlantic Beach Stakes going six furlongs at Aqueduct by sitting off the pace and pouncing. So if Cool Quest goes, that's okay. I read Ortiz Jr.'s let him go, and I, I, I read knows how to win on him anyways. Um, I'm going to go with him on top. You didn't use him. Why? Uh, look, I think Oresme Red is the same as four other horses in this race, and I'm getting the worst price on him. And, and to me... That is the biggest issue here, right? It's like I, I have him in the fourth slot, but I'm only going three deep because, look, I, I, I kind of chalked out early, right? My single is not creative in the next leg, so not going not gonna to add a ton of value there. Right. And you look at this race, and, and it's wide open, and the five to two shot is going to get bet down from that. I mean, he's going off at nine to five or eight to five. I don't think he's the fastest horse in the race. I'm not sure he's ever – he's never come from behind against this caliber of turf horses, um, I mean, Fauci and chewing gum two back was the one time or three back two, two back was the one time he came from off the pace, but I don't think that much of Fauci. I don't think Fauci would be a favorite in this race. Right. So if I'm taking that angle and I'm saying, look, I, I don't have a creative single in the next leg and I, I'm using what is probably going to be the chalk of your horses in the first leg, I've got to create value in the ticket somewhere. And, and to me, cool quest is a me red is chess master. Uh, like they're all kind of the same horse. I feel like cool quest has the most upside. Because we don't know how good he can be on the turf. Whereas a recipe red, I don't see him taking a huge step forward here. That's fair. Uh, I will counter that he really doesn't need to. He just keeps hitting 100 buyers, 100 plus buyers each time he runs. A, a step forward, that, at least that 100 from the Belmont turf sprint. So <laughs> he is one. I, yeah. I, I sorry. I you know what I did is I I was I fast forwarded to a completely different horse. Sorry. Um, that was yeah. I saw that happen in, in real time too. Uh, so we, we disagree on the three there. Uh, did you really just go? No, you went three deep. So go ahead and talk about the last one that you're using here. Well, I talked about the, the amount of pace that we have in here, right? Where where you've got. Um, you've got Chessmaster, who is going to very much be four-lead place. Went 21 and 3, 44 and 2 last time out. You've got Warriors Pride, the four horse, 21 and 1, 43 uh, and 4 last time out. You've got Arresme Red, who likes to be four-lead place. You've got Cool Quest, who has shown speed in almost every single start. Uh, even the inside, High Crime, has some speed there, the 106 early time for him. You got to look at horses coming from off the pace here. And that's where I got to the 10 horse, Old Chestnut, who I think is probably your best dead closer in the race. Um, I think Yes, I'm Free has the ability to sit behind horses and win, but it's not a dead closer. He's going to be closer to this pace. Old Chestnut, uh, he's going to try and come from the clouds. You get size aboard. This is a Mark Cassie horse, first time out as a five-year-old. And what I really like is like when you dig back into like his three-year-old season, you have the quick call at Saratoga where the horse ran well, ran an 84 buyer, then comes off the layoff first time as a four-year-old, runs an 89 buyer here at Gulfstream and just misses by a neck to Yes, I'm Free. Do you have the races that have the talent in here? We need to pop off this layoff. We need to take a step forward because right now this horse is not good enough to beat the rest of this field. But I do think we have the, the race shape that you need for old chestnut because of all of this speed. We're going five and a half, not five. It makes a big difference at Gulfstream Park. Um, and I'm sorry, we're going five. So he'll have to come like flying late. But you, you got that cooked pace early that hopefully will set him up. And you you just have to hope that he that like Saez gets him going early enough to be able to run down the speed and that they run 23-43 and come back a little bit. And if they do, I think the 10-horse old chestnut has a legit shot in here. Way too short for him. 
way too short for him. The two wins he had were as a two-year-old at Woodbine, where the stretch is as long as, uh, well, it's long. We'll just leave it at that. Um, he's not going to get that at Gulfstream. It's, I think this is just a starting spot for him. I don't love that Saez is a board because uh, we all know that Mark Cassie's got two boys that he loves to ride uh, with his horses with at Gulfstream, and it's Tyler Gaffleone and it's Edwin Gonzalez. I don't know where Gonzalez is. He might be off or he might be injured, but Gaffleone is riding a horse we haven't seen since September. A horse that he's never ridden for a barn he's ridden for exactly one time in the last year and a half. So all of that to say, uh, I agree with you that maybe you want a horse coming from off the pace. That's not the one I want. Um, I don't, actually don't think I want a horse coming from too far back in, in this spot. So counterpoint, he's yes. won twice at five furlongs, and he also just missed first off the layoff at four at five furlongs. So he has three credible races at five furlongs, two wins and a nose neck beat by, yes, I'm free, who's my top pick. The next time that you shit on somebody about Woodbine, I'm going to come back to this when you, like, he got two credible wins, which, by the way, were not off the pace. They were setting the pace. Well, but they were still at five furlongs, which you said is too short for him. As a two-year, yeah, let's just get out of here because this is, you're already, you've already lost this one. Uh, the six Belgrano is going to be my pick here uh, as a long shot bomb. First of all, huge jockey upgrade. We're getting Jose Ortiz, uh, who's sneakily three for nine for a barn that hits at 31% with turf sprints. Uh, I watched that race last time out, got moving way too late. If Jose can keep him closer to the pace, if you look when he was winning three straight turf sprints uh, at Monmouth at Laurel, uh, not the same class necessarily as Gulfstream. Those are usually like the Gulfstream uh, horses uh, that aren't good for New York. That's where they go in the summertime. But he did win the stakes at Monmouth Park going five and a half. I really think that, again, with Jose Ortiz being in the saddle, this is the difference maker. So on my $5 ticket, I'm actually going three six and then 50 cent, three six nine. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't hate it. I, I think that's another one of the logical off the pace horses. Um, I, I think if you're using a horse like the nine, you got to use. If you're using the six, you got to use the nine. What you're doing, so I, I think that makes sense. I, I mean, this is another one where I think you've got to get an improbable improvement, and that's my main reason I left the six off. Is that you need to step forward ten percent, and I don't know any reason why the six would step forward ten percent. But your angle on the six is probably similar to mine on the ten. This shit collapses and someone picks up the pieces. Like, like that's how the six wins this race. That's how the ten wins yeah. this race. And that's that's I think and, why you we're and playing. I you and I kind of each picked a speed horse that we were like, and then an off the pace longer shot that we really like. So uh, let's just kind of quickly uh, go through this, Mike. Um, some of the words I did mention that Tyler Gaffleone is riding the one high crime. He's a first time gelding, but we haven't seen him since September. Um, it's a barn that doesn't usually do great off the layoffs. Again, Tyler never rides for this, so an odd spot for him. I had zero interest in using him anywhere on a ticket, like even in exotics. Did you? Um, I, I couldn't get there. My main problem with the one is, is just not fast enough. Uh, all of the one's best efforts have come on the lead. I don't see how the one makes the lead in this field. And that to me is a, a problem for high crime. It's just crazy to me that a year ago in the Gulfstream turf sprint stakes, the grade three, he was a neck away from being Leinster. And then what happened after that? It just kind of completely fell apart for him. So yeah. He was fortunate enough to make the lead that day. Right? Uh, yeah. And, and we haven't seen him make the lead again until he went five and a half at Ellis Park. Uh, but he had to go 21 and 1, 43 and 2 to do that and just stopped. Yeah. And it's with Cool Quest, the two horse to his outside there. It's uh, uh, probably not going to be more of the same. The four Warriors Pride. I thought Mark earlier was saying that he liked the four in this race a lot. Um, we didn't use this horse. Uh, having second off the layoff, Junior Alvarado going to keep riding, but set the pace and weaken in the Gulfstream turf sprint. More of the same here. Look, if you're going to get crazy, this is the horse I would get crazy with, which sounds odd because, like, I, we just talked about how much speed's in here. Yeah. This could be your speed of the speed. I, like, and sometimes in these races where you just – who's the fastest horse? 
that horse wins in these spots every now and then. And if you look at this, this is the second off the layoff as a four-year-old. That's a logical improvement. We came back in a graded stakes. That's a good sign for how the horse is doing. This horse has had success over this track, two for four, two for four at the distance, and just ran a 45 and four, four for a long work. So 45 and four, pretty darn fast. Uh, there are worse 15 to one shots you could use. I didn't miss. I missed that 45 and four. Best of 116 too. So a decent enough sample size. I think you could uh, uh, go with the. If you bullet in 45, or if you go 45 and four and you aren't the best that day, there's something wrong. We got, we got issues. <laughs> or you're a low sell and, and it's Bob Baffert <laughs> workout day. Uh, the five chess master. Um, I thought you might use the, maybe if the price was better because you do like it when there's uh, a trainer that also owns the horse and uh, is very uh, specific about where they send the horses. And you can see Carrie Raven doing that here. Uh, horse was last off for me, a because of the price, but the horse won four straight on turf. But a big question, who did he beat? Where did he do it? That's why I ended up leaving him off. Yeah, I, I love Tampa to Gulfstream as an angle. I hate, I, I love Gulfstream to Tampa as an angle. I hate Tampa to Gulfstream. Um, so that that definitely hurt uh, hurt my, my opinion here of Chessmaster. And additionally, we've taken this shot once before. We went from Tampa. We went to Keeneland. We went to the Shakerton. We couldn't get the lead there. We were 64 to 1 that day. We ended up finishing yeah. 11th. I, I like that. I think a very similar story plays out here. You're facing better than you were. You can't get the lead. You end up. <laughs> uh, seven Omaha City and the eight Hello Hot Rod, both uh, co-longest shots at 30 to one. Uh, and based off of the odds in their previous three races, each of those horses, probably a lot more than 30 to one. Uh, any interest in either of these? Not even a little. <laughs> I feel like if this was Omaha City from a year ago uh, at this time, me no not even then because at that time the look at those buyers sorry i saw the 85 and i was like well maybe that was when he was three and improving Nah, that was that was the summertime i I, that would be a shocker (laughs) total shocker there uh anyways uh, mike and i we definitely like the nine horse a lot so if you're looking to go shallow in this spot uh yes i am free is the way to go let's move on penultimate leg of the late pick four sequence at Gulfstream park on saturday march 19th this is the great this is a non-created six furlong hutchison stakes field of seven three-year-old sprinting six furlongs on the main track including the number five provocateur at three to one the second choice for trainer todd pletcher jockey irad ortiz jr also a horse that have a small ownership with through my racehorse so mike let me ask you will provocateur give me my first Gulfstream park win as an owner in the hutchison six no not going to happen. I, honestly, Provocateur is my second pick in here. So it could happen. It's it's plausible. Um, this is one of those spots where you like, I don't want to take the four Nitrous Channel because Nitrous Channel ran a monster number. 94 buyer has huge early time form rating, 117. But that was a maiden special weight race. Not really sure what a horse faced, right? Um, you do have one last out winner at least, or next out winner at least coming out of there. But there's really not that much in this race. And, and kind of when you run through it, the, you know, you've got some speed on the three golden one, who's got 97 early time form pace. But the last time they tried to get this horse on turf and it ended up raining off turf, it ended up on uh, on dirt. And it's just the horse didn't run very well. And this is supposed to be the pace pressure to a horse that just looked very, very sharp in debut. I uh, was able to clear and just kind of gallop out for George Weavers, the son of Nyquist. Sold for $625,000 at auction. Uh, like, you'd be pretty surprised if this one, the B effort probably wins this race for nitrous channel. And that's the issue right now. If I was going to take anyone to take a big step forward, it would be the five provocateur coming out of the Pletcher barn. You've got I read up all the connections fit. You could easily see this horse take a step forward. It needs to be a big step forward and nitrous channel needs to take a step backward. 
The only way I see Nitrous Channel doing that is getting pace pressure, and I'm not sure where that comes from. Yeah, that's the big thing. Is, is Nitrous Channel going to balance or is he not? I singled him in the $5 play, and I went 4-5 in the 50 center, and it's pretty boring. But, A, I think Nitrous Channel is going to get bet way down below 7-5. to five. He could be oh, under. Yeah. Well, you've got my Provocateur, the My Racehorse owners. He'll be about even money. We'll say <laughs> Provocateur is going to get his fair share. But uh, to, to build off of Nitrous Channel a little bit, um, I did some di- some diving because you see with Weaver, he's like, uh, was that 3 for 44? He's 7% out of 44 uh, last attempts in the last two, two years with winning next out with the same horse. So I extended that out to five years. Like maybe he's a little cold in the last five years, 15% first time starters, 17% overall when the horses attempt to repeat wins and 22% with the debut winners next out three of those five horses in that sample did so in stakes, including Vacoma. And he was a multiple grade one winner. So clearly nitrous channel future grade one winner. Um, seriously though, I do love the fact that George Weaver and the owners, they did not get crazy with this horse. You could have easily seen him get that 94 and they're like, we're going to the Florida Derby. We're going to the bluegrass. It's Derby season. That's exactly what happens. And they didn't do it with him and they're being patient. And I like that, but maybe that scares some people too. Cause they're like, well, they maybe they don't think he's that good. Well, I'm surprised this race isn't a mile. That to me is what what was because like this is Nyquist out of a fleet Alex mare. This is a horse that's bred for two turns. You, you, I'm surprised they're not trying to go a longer one turn race because the, the debut effort was six furlongs. This is a six furlong race. Surprised they didn't try to stretch this horse out a little bit so that you could go to Lexington. You could go to you know one of the later preps, Arkansas Derby, you know, one of the, the late preps, and try and squeeze that in right before the Derby to get points. If this horse does absolutely air again, um, to me it's really. I don't think it's, we already know the horse can sprint, right? So I'm not worried about where, like the fact that they didn't place this horse in a bigger, more marquee race. I think the horse still has a, a boatload of talent um, and he's going to be awfully tough in this spot. Uh, so the field of seven here, we both agree. Four is the top pick, five is the second choice, just a matter of how you want to uh, use them on your tickets here. But let's go through the field real quick. Start on the rail with the one sport Pepper haven't seen since the Mucho Macho Man stakes when second last beaten 17 and three-quarter lengths. Uh, the horse raced nine times, or uh, sorry, eight times, I guess, at two, and then that one race there. Uh, any interest whatsoever? No, not really. No, this seems like uh, we're going to give it one last shot before we have to start dropping down in class and maybe circuit for this horse. Uh, the two American Sanctuary is a horse that maybe I'd be a little interested in if he wasn't exiting the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, where not only is that race just bad, he was bad in it. So I'm going to pass on him. But it is interesting. Jose Ortiz is going to jump aboard in his uh, three for five for trainer Chris Davis right now. Yeah, the, uh, Jose Ortiz jumping aboard is interesting. <laughs> I have issues with the cutback here mainly. Um, this horse was not close to the pace in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile or the Breeders' Cup Futurity, seven and nine lengths off respectively of 46 halves. How far back are we going to be tomorrow like or Saturday? Like This is not going to be one of those situations where he's any closer to the pace, and I don't think there's enough pressure that anyone's coming back to him. It, I mean, I look at the, I don't even remember him running in those races, but I look at the trip. No one says checked inside or off slow, but still like you were – no, that was 25 flat, 24 and three, like between Sophie Doe and Florent Giroux, neither of them could figure out, put the gas on this horse. Maybe just didn't want to do it. Um, the three golden one we haven't seen since the armed forces stakes uh, last year, which was his first defeat in three starts. Definitely feels like a sprinter, a good spot for a return, but this feels like a huge test against the four and the five and the seven, at least. Yeah, that was my main thing. I thought this race came up pretty tough here. And, and Golden One, you know, if you go back and you look at the the six furlong win over the slop, that was a nice race specifically for a two-year-old, late, like mid-two-year-old season there. But you need to project quite a bit of improvement the, 
like, and, and this race came back tough. I think those two things really hurt Golden Wand's chances. You've also got a horse that was bought for $1,500 with a very modest sprinter pedigree and has already earned $54,000. So they're playing with house money uh, at this point with them. We talked about the four and the five, how much we like them. Two more to go through. The six Desert Ruler, 20 to one, a co-longest shot uh, with the one Sport Pepper. Uh, a Candy Ride, uh, son of Candy Ride, who just really has not seemed to figure things out. However, you can point back to Broken Bait and going five and a half furlongs, but that was July as a two-year-old and really haven't seen anything good since then. No, I mean, the, the race facing Golden Wand was it was not bad, but that was the last effort of the two-year-old season, or second-to-last effort of the two-year-old season. Last two races weren't runs into AP Secret, who we saw in, a, in a, a, a derby race last weekend. And in due time, American Icon Irons works the next time, next race out, last out. That's came back a very tough race. But I think that you have maybe not that caliber, but you have very good horses in here again. So it's going to be tough for Desert Ruler to flip the script. And of a revolution is a Safi Joseph horse that he thinks has got a lot of potential stakes wise. You could almost argue that he leaves those optional claiming races, three of them, and takes a class drop into this six furlong stakes race just based off of uh, who he was facing, especially with that uh, in due time, how yeah. uh, how he's done out of there. It's a seven cat, and this is the only stakes winner in the field, and he did it going six furlongs. Uh, he did it at Tampa in the inaugural stakes was actually third behind Provocateur in the Pasco Stakes last time out. They're both cutting back to six furlongs. I like it for Provocateur. I don't know that Emisio getting back in the saddle is going to make the difference for Catton. This would be the other one I'm interested in. I think the seven's an interesting horse here because I do think you have tactical speed. Um, you have success over the track. That You've got a decent amount of seasoning here in five races that, that – you've seen enough from the horse, you know, that the horse can improve and you also have not seen enough to the point where you could still logically say the horse has the ability to improve because it's still learning. We're getting third off the layoff third in this form cycle. To me, the seven's a little bit interesting. I, that's true. I also look at Ralph Nix and I can't, I'm like 16 for 51. Jesus. Like where did this come from? 31%. Have you been riding the Ralph Nix train at Gulfstream? Uh, not as much as I should have, I guess. I didn't realize he was popping at 31%. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Do I need to add this horse under my, uh, on the 50 cent ticket? Well, I mean, well, if, you're, if, if, you're top using, three. if you're using provocateur, I think that the kid, that cat at Catton has every chance to, to take as big of a step forward, if not bigger than provocateur. Uh, one last on a provocateur, not that matters that much, but Todd Pletcher, even though he's been pretty ice cold at Gulfstream, won this race record seven times. And this is his only horse that he's trying for number eight. So I do like it when a trainer's won a stakes race a shit ton of times. And is like, you know what? I just only need this one horse, this one time to try and get it could be complete bullshit and idea in my head, but, uh, but that's your field for the Hutchison stakes. Mike, we've got one race left to go. The final leg of the late pick four sequence at Gulfstream park on Saturday March 19th, and boy, is this a fun one. Shit, going to get nuts. we got 11 maiden three-year-old boys routing them out on the 16th on the turf in for $35,000 tags. Got to say, when this race is through, it'll be hashtag no wonder why Magic hates playing Gulfstream Park. Where are you going on top? I'm going to put the three, Fuerte Ventura, on top here. Um, this is one of those instances where the horse didn't take any money but had Emma Wilson in the saddle for Jonathan Thomas first time out, not connections that you, you regularly see together. We switched that to Luis Saez for Jonathan Thomas. Uh, we are also getting this is a, a summer front, so a warp front, uh, a second sire, a warp front, smart strike on the bottom. This horse wants more distance. I think that five furlong turf race was just a really a refresher, a freshening, freshening effort for the three horse Fuerte Ventura. Uh, now we're going to do what we want to do, which is go two turns. We're getting the jockey we want in Luis Saez. I think it's all systems go. Um, th this horse is bred to, to win in the like early to win two turns. And, and Jonathan Thomas, 20% second time starters. 
there's a lot of reasons to like the three horse Forte Ventura here. Um, adding the blinkers as well, which is a, a generally a pretty good angle for Thomas, 17% first time blinkers. Um, the one knock here, don't love we're dropping this horse. I don't love that this horse sold for 190,000 and second start, we're immediately dropping down to a two turn maiden claimer. That, that scares me a little bit. It's the reason I'm not singling. Well, not only that, Mike, but this is a 35 optional down to 30 and they're the one that went, yeah, we're going to do that. You've got a field of 11 and 10 horses go 35 is fine. And they go, no, 30. Like they, this feels like a complete, uh, I call it data dump. This feels like a complete, like, all right, this horse is three years old. Uh, you look at Bob LaPenta. He owns a bunch of horses, usually with Chad Brown. Um, this is the, uh, the breeder is co-owner as well here. So this feels like they're going, if we lose this horse, whatever, we just want to get a win, which Jonathan Thomas has proven he can do with this kind of a drop. Um, I'm not nervous enough, but it just feels like they're, they're like, get this horse out of here. We want him gone. So I singled in the $5 ticket. Cause I was like, I, this is the most likely winner for me, but I went for deep 50 center because I'm not that confident. I, I think it's, I think they're playing just genius mind games. They're like, we'll, we'll be the one for 30 and no one will claim it. We'll, we'll just slip it under the radar. Everybody's going to go, what the hell's wrong with this? And suddenly have a starter allowance for the entire Saratoga spring in, or exactly, Saratoga right? summer. I mean, if you get through this one, then you got a lot of options. So, yeah, yeah. yeah there's a couple red flags there. But the horse still, <laughs> it should be all systems go. You'd hope it's all systems go. Uh, my other must use here uh, was the seven horse food bank helper. This is going to be uh, fourth time out here for uh, – for Gilberto Zerpa, you get uh, Jose Ortiz aboard, who's been absolutely on fire. I love the fact that we claimed this horse for 16, moved it up to 35, ran it back on the synthetic. Then we went over to turf for 30. We're going to stay. We're going to go up to 35 again. It's actually that same 30, 35 level. Um, and we're getting Jose Ortiz up. I like the jockey change from Marco Manessas. I like the fact that we're getting back. We're staying on turf here. This is a giant or a creative cause out of a kitten's joy mare. Creative causes uh, dad's giant's causeway. This horse is bred to run really well on the turf. I'm surprised it didn't run well better on the synthetic, to be honest. But did take a nice step forward first time turf. I'm hoping we can take a nice step forward second time turf. And this horse had some tactical speed in that last turf start. They weren't exactly flying out front, but I also don't trust Gulfstream's fractions at all. And oh, no. by the way, the 31 variant on Gulfstream's turf that day. So if you're in a daily racing form, there's a variant. There's the odds of the horse. And then there's a rating for the horse's race and a dash in the variant. 31 is pretty much the slowest variant I've ever seen on Gulfstream Park's turf course. Usually it's like four, right? So that, that means it was a really, really, really slow day. It's how they helped make the buyer number. Um, anyway, I, I think the seven has a chance to take a step forward here. Second time serve. So food bank helper and uh, the three horse uh Fuerte, do, 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 Fuerte Ventura are going to be my two must-uses here. Uh, Fuerte Ventura is my top pick. The seven horse, I went four deep and is one of the four that I used. Uh, we, I went four deep and we agreed on three of them. Uh, let's talk about the other one. We agreed on the four. Hashtag no wonder. Actually, you're three to one favorite in this race. Mike, I don't know about you, but when I looked at this horse and I'm like, man, look at his form. Why does he, he just, he's always so far back. You look at when he goes two turns on turf. Uh, he goes seven and a half at Gulfstream. That's uh, two turns. He breaks from post seven. He goes a mile on the 16th. He breaks from post seven. He goes a mile. He goes from post 11. He goes a mile on eight. He goes from post seven. This horse finally gets post effing four on the turf. I think that he's he's not going to get forced so wide, forced all the way to the back. I think it's going to make him a bit more tactical than we've seen from him. And, oh, hey, by the way, who's jumping in the saddle for the first time? I read mother effing Ortiz Jr. Let's go. Yeah, I, I agree with you on everything you said. And we can add to the fact that KC Chief won three back. That was a race that we covered that KC Chief. Boy, we keep going field. back to that. Yeah, I love that race. We can talk about it as much as you want. Uh, Casey Take a Chief video fired, about it later. 
for sure. Let's do it. Uh, Casey Chief wired the field that day. Um, that was a, that, so that race went wire to wire, and this horse was able to make up some ground. Um, the last race is the one that scares me. The horse made the race. Like a mile and eighth at Gulfstream means you have the whole stretch to get where you want. The horse was still in the back of the pack. The horse was on the rail first turn, was on like safe ground. It was just bad. Now it was a mile and eight. So you could say that's the reason. Like there's still excuses to be made. Um, Not with that breeding. <laughs> but that, yeah, I mean, like, do you really want to be like, hey, we can draw a line through this last race because of this reason on the three to one favorite? Um, I'm still going to use the four on the 50 cent ticket. I left it off the $5 ticket. I went bombs away on my $5 ticket here. Look, there's not much speed in this race. So when you're kind of perusing through here and you're like, all right, who's going to make the lead? The sixth horse would be the logical horse to say is going to make the lead, right? Dunnigan. Well, Dunnigan did that last time going 24 and 3, 48 and 3. I'm not so sure Dunnigan's going to make the lead this time. And then you look at the 10 horse, Seven Bridges Road, an absolutely wonderful song by a terrible band. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh this horse is going to 100 fire and like well with the, the you know he wasn't on the lead last time yeah but he was sprinting seven furlongs on the dirt went 22 and three it was only two lengths off it this is also a horse that seems to be bred pretty well for the turf verrazano which is a, a son of more than ready empire maker on the bottom and i love me some miguel vasquez on these horses because you know what he does he sends, sends. like he sends it in like he's got something to lose, man. And that, that's what I want. And the, the fact that we made the 10 post here tells me you have no choice but to set. So I think the 10 clears here. Now, does the 10 hold? We'll find out. At 20 to 1, willing to take the chance. <laughs> uh, that's funny. You and I, uh, the, the reason, the horses that we split on, you went with the 10, I went with the 6. We both were looking for this, who we thought might be the speed in the spot. Uh, for me with the 6, if you make good points on the 10, um, the breeding doesn't necessarily say turf's going to be super based off of the siblings, but I will, I did look at the dam. Her best, um, second best career buyer was her one time trying turf. Uh, so if you at least got that going for you, um, I didn't go with the 10. I went with the six done again. I feel like the horse, like, he broke from the rail, which is first of all, very tough to do. It helped him. He was going a mile. So he had that inside spot, but wasn't able to hold on, was taking pressure from the inside, ends up giving up halfway through the race. I think. A combination of the experience, plus now he's going to be breaking from post six, a little bit more outside. In case somebody breaks to the inside of him and goes, maybe we'll see what he does here. But I think the horse really just needed uh, – he showed speed, and I like that he's going to get second off the layoff here. Um, the uh, Debona Barn, I want to say that differently. The Debona Barn is, uh, I believe that was two for seven, 29% from seven, uh, but also 27% with a positive ROI in the maiden claiming rank. So uh, I like that good mix with the jockey here. But again, Mike, you're going with the, the 10 at 20 to one. I'm getting the six at 12 to one. We're just looking for that long shot speed horse that might just make things go nuts because it's Gulfstream and it's the turf. Yeah. And this is one of those races is begging to be wired. I mean, it just like, there's, there's just not that much speed. And these are the two logical horses that could go out there. Um, a little bit of speed on the, on the inside, I think on the two as well, but the horse didn't quite, uh, I'm sorry, not the two. Um, who else had some speed in here? The one showed some speed at going a mile on a 16th, two back on the dirt and you're adding blinkers there. So that would be the other spot I would look for speed here. But to me, I, I think it's going to be the six or the 10. And I think the post position is going to force the 10's hand. Yeah. I hear a little in the background. <laughs>
All right, Mike, that's going to do this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining us for this look at Gulfstream Park on uh, Saturday, March 19th. We especially appreciate it because we know March Madness is happening. So the fact that we've had about 20, 25 of you this entire time, honestly, it's better than I had even anticipated. Um, but remember, you can always catch the Magic Mike Show, download on podcast form, of course, catch the replay from the live video footage over at youtube.com slash racing dudes. We're going to go ahead and give out our tickets down below. And I will start with, remember, Mike and I are both doing 50 cent and $5 tickets. So uh, I'll go ahead with my two. Starting 50 cent are going 3-5 with 3-6-9, then 4-5, then 3-4-6-7. That's $24. And then for $5, wheeling back 3-5 with 3-6, with the 4, with the 3 for $20. Mr. Samich. Oh, all right. I'm going to play two tickets as well. I'm going to play a 50 center. I'm going to go 2-3-4-5 with 2-9-10, with 4, with 3 4 7 Eight ten. Oh, I used the eight in the last leg too. We should talk about that when we're done here. <laughs> uh, that'll cost you thirty dollars, and then I'm going to play a five dollar ticket as well. I'm going to go three with two nine with four with three seven ten. That'll cost thirty as well. So I'm putting sixty bucks total into the sequence. Let's go talk about that eight real quick here. Let me pull the uh, pull the overlay down. There we go. The eight candy cool ninety two for Shugman Gahey Javier Castellano getting first time Lasix and adding the blinkers as well. Talk to me about candy cool. Yeah, this is a pedigree play. Candy ride out of a Dixie Union mare. Like the, and the, this horse sold for five hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars. Second time turf. This horse should be a turf horse. Uh, they we're also dropping maiden special weight to maiden claiming for the first time. It's one of those where on the fifty cent ticket, I'm, I didn't want to leave this one off, but I didn't have enough confidence it was going to take a big enough step forward to be competitive here on the five dollar ticket. The uh, looking at the family, uh, not uh, over eight with the one second, one third on turf. Not for the siblings, nothing special there, but uh, it doesn't look like the siblings are well, actually, pretty good breeding. Never mind. Uh, listen, it, it breeding is all a, a crapshoot, anyways. Look at how many horses get bought for millions of dollars and never it's, turn into shit. So, got the highest uh, Thomason rating on turf in the race. Hey, there you go. That's a good way to look at it. And, <laughs> Uh, who was Monomoy Girl's brother? Cowboy Diplomacy? No, Cowboy Cool. Something Cowboy. I can't remember, but it was like full brother to Monomoy. Monomoy Superstar. This one, not so much. Anyways, uh, thanks for joining us for the Magic Mike show. Uh, that'll end the horse racing talk, but uh, let's see. We've got the, uh, there's nothing else really to talk about horse racing. Uh, so Mike and I, we decided we're going to call it now uh, going over the rails. So Mike, you ready to go over the rails? Let's do it. No antics of any kind ah! except speed, and there we go with the antics. All right, Mike, time to go over the rails. Richmond Spiders moving on. Bye-bye, Iowa. And then also Mountain West Conference 0 for 4 the last two days. Ouch! They've got one team left. So if you want to go for the full Mountain West fade tomorrow, I can't remember who's playing, but they have one team left. So you can go go the full Mountain West fade tomorrow. Is it Davidson? No, Davidson's not a Mountain West team. Come on. Davidson's in North Carolina, dude. The Mountain West is in, like, the Mountain West. Like, Boise and, and Idaho and all that jazz. <laughs> I didn't know where Davidson was. I know Seth Curry went to. Yeah, how do you not know where Davidson? Seth was? Curry, not Seth Curry. Yep. Seth Curry went to Davidson, right? They both and he's no, in California Seth, now. Yes, Seth went to uh, uh, North Carolina. Sure, I think it's, it's Seth Curry. Nobody cares. Steph Curry went to Davidson, and he's in California now. So in my head, he went to school in California. Oh, SDSU. it's San Diego State. Yeah, that's the last team that you can fade. Uh, and the, the Big Ten, which was supposed to be terrible, I was told by everyone was terrible. Uh, I think was was three and uh, was three. Michigan, and but, and Michigan then, bitch slapped Colorado State. Jawan Howard bitch slapped. Bam. I I played Colorado State. I was not happy about that because they were up fifteen in the first half and ended up losing the game by twelve, catching two. Talk about oh. just blowing it. Good day for the uh, former players turned coaches. The uh, fighting Penny Hardaway's win too. Memphis got the win there. 
Yeah, the, they look good. Um, I, I actually, that's another one I didn't love. They they went off in the first half and couldn't score in the second at all. And Boise State, you know, one of those wonderful uh, Mountain West teams could not quite roll back. I think they're actually the Mountain West champions this year. Uh, Dave asked at the very beginning, is your bracket busted yet? Probably. Uh, listen, Gonzaga's holding out against Georgia State, but not by much. You, you got to uh, think they're going to open here. Like, they already seem to be playing better. You got to think they're going to open up. Like, they literally just were like, it's a 16 seed, and they were going to sleep through it and went, oh, shit, we actually have to try. Well, they, like, the ultimate tell, they were, last I checked, they were 5 for 14 from the free throw line in the first half. Free throw line, 5 for 14. I could go out in my driveway right now and do better than 5 for 14 from the three-point line. Like, so we, you know that they're not necessarily uh, going all out there or completely focused, I think is the right way to put it. Uh, Dave, every time I see Dave Bruce in the chat all week, it's been Colgate and he loves his, he loves making the toothpaste joke. So a, I've learned Dave is a, is a father, proud father, but also, uh, Mike, since you're Mr. Geography college expert, where's, where's Colgate? I know it's in, uh, it's on the upper East coast. I want to say Massachusetts. Give you half a point. It's New York. I'll give you half a point for the region. It's New York. Damn, it's New York. Madison, say New York. New York. I, didn't... I don't know. Gosh. Apparently, this is now uh, yeah. Texas A&M pissed at the Mountain West. Doctor Tang, goddamn, Doctor Tang, degening. Like he's sitting there, like curing cancer and degening at the same time. Is there anybody having a better life than Doctor Tang? Needs uh, Georgia State to cover by twenty-four. I, I, I got Gonzaga at thirteen and a half in game. So we can, we got a nice middle for us here, Doc. We got a nice middle. There you go. That's a fun one. Uh, you have to run suicides and then shoot free throws. How, how big of a suicide are we talking here? Are we talking like a little suicide or a big suicide? Like the full basketball court one where you go free throw line, three-point line, half court, three-point. Because like, then I would die before I ended up running the suicide. Um, and I wouldn't be able to shoot a free throw. So that would be a problem. What's longer? I really don't know this. Is a basketball court or a hockey rink longer? I think oh, a hockey ho- rink is going to be longer. Hockey rink right? is significantly longer, yeah. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Well, you also were doing it on skates. I remember, like, I only played hockey. It was the main sport I did. And we just did blue line. It was uh, every line. It's like blue line, red line, blue line, goal yeah. line. But, like, same idea. But, again, we're doing it on skates. It's not, like, full lot. Like, when you stop, you just, you know, swing your ass out. You don't have to actually plant your feet. Yeah. The worst, I played tennis in high school. And we, we had eight tennis courts uh-huh. that went across. Well, you had Suicide, First court, second court, third court, fourth court, fifth court, sixth court, seventh court, eighth court. That and then seven, brutal. six, five, four. Did you have to go back down? Oh. You didn't have to go back down. You just had to go oh. back. But that eighth sprint was running. It's like you're not sprinting the full length of the court, right? You're springing right. doubles out and doubles alley, right? But still, eight of those with the gaps in between, still pretty exhausting. And that run back, because you finished last, you then had to do a half one. That run back was brutal because you just you were gunning it. Oh man, that sounds terrible. Oh. I, w- I would say I, I did tennis one year in high school and uh, before I fucked up my knee and we did, um, but our courts were like, we had four and then like the small gap and then the fence and another four. We didn't have eight in a row. So like we did four and I was like, I remember doing that, but um, no, never did. Did you have to do like the, the figure eights through all the different ones too and not try to run into your, you have to do figure eight laps through all of the different, like weaving through the courts and then like. You have to do that for like 10 minutes and you're trying not to run into your teammates as you're like gasping for air, you're stumble bunnying. The worst one was the tennis ball pickups where you had tennis balls randomly placed around the court and you had to run, grab it, pick it up and put it back on a racket and it had to stay on the racket. And so you had to be in control of your stops and starts and movements. Um, and, and then if it fell off the racket, you had to start over. And so like 
but you had to finish in a certain amount of time. And like, it was, those were brutal because it was all about control and body control and like stopping enough, but still being able to burst and accelerate. So that was not fun. This was a great segment of first segment of let's go over the rails. Yeah. We somehow got and also I was like, Mike, this sounds less and less like conditioning drills and more and more like hazing. Are you sure it wasn't that? No, it was, this was like sophomore year varsity tennis. This is what you did to try and get, get more burst and get faster, man. It was absolutely crazy. I, I, I used to be fast. I am now slow and, and have no stamina. I used to be fast to be able to run for a long time because of tennis. And maybe yeah, softball in my early twenties, because that really helped. <laughs> my my beer softball days were, were high on the conditioning. Yeah, show us show us your show us your bare hand softball fingers. Uh, that's what I got left from softball. Um, so we're gonna. I guess we should just talk about this a little bit, right? Dad bod university. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna do. We're gonna flip up the the script here on the Magic Mike show a little bit. So this is we're gonna do something called over the rails at the end of each show, where we are just basically going to talk about sports, talk about you know, whatever we want to talk about in general, and then also going to do any type of reader email slash life advice slash whatever you want. So I don't think they've made the email address yet, but if you have any questions and it can be about anything, it can be about like horse track etiquette. It can be about softball etiquette. It can be about the guy that you don't like that's marrying your sister and how you should deal with it. It can be whatever you want. Uh, shoot us an email at, We'll go with contact at racingdudes.com right now. We're getting an email specifically for the show, and we'll have it be there. But right now, contact at racingdudes.com. We're going to throw up those questions, one or two each show, talk about those here, um, and then kind of just talk about random stuff that's going on in the world and in our lives. Think of, like, uh, the the best thing that we saw, but instead of it being at the front, it's now at the back where we can just bullshit for as long as or short as we have time for. And then if you guys – because a lot of you are, honestly, you watch or you listen for the handicapping and the tickets – We'll put that at the beginning, and if you still give a shit about listening to us, just be complete uh, at jackasses. Sometimes you can you can take a listen to that. Um, I also was gonna say, where is it? I thought this is where you're going with it, but that was also a great thing to bring up. Uh, we're doing something fun. If you are a racing dudes subscriber, if you subscribe to any of our uh, premium uh, products, you are going to get access for well private access if i can pull down the where is it thank you thank you for doing that uh we have our uh, we teased this in the past but we're finally doing a racing dudes specific betting tournament so if you are a racing dudes premium subscriber any of the summo bombs or the rockets or the premium products as long as it's a subscription on a daily pass you will have access to this very specific exclusive horse tourneys bi-weekly tournament beginning april 1st every two weeks it's a ten dollar uh, entry fee, I believe, and you put yourself against myself, Mike Samich, Aaron, and Jared, and everybody else that's part of the Magic Mike Show army and the Racing Dudes team. Uh, you guys are all—we're going to be competing against each other. It's only us. It's very private, uh, but it's a lot of fun. The cash prizes and one hundred and fifty dollar horsetourneys.com site credit. Uh, Mike, you're the tournament expert, so I should just let you do all that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually pretty pumped about this because we're going to do so. It's going to be every two weeks. Um, it's going to be Fridays. Uh, and the other cool part is that we're going to do a live show from five to six every Friday that this is going on. So we'll be able to pull the tourney leaderboard up, talk about the races that are happening in the tournament. And then the plan is to also talk about the golden hour pick four that day. So right now, that's the plan that may adjust as the golden hour comes and goes. We're not sure. We'll have that every Friday, but right now that is the plan is to have some type of racing coverage on Friday. Uh, like Magic said, this is a $10 entry, but there's $150 uh, in site credit to the winner. Um, and if this takes off, then we're going to try and do some type of series with it. But we want to see, you know, what type of uh, what type of how many players we get and how to how to kind of take it from there. So uh, it's going to be an absolute blast. And Bree, we're going to actually talk about 
pick and praise well doing that live show and, and why certain horses are good users or bad users in races. It's really hard to talk in generalizations about, about horse racing tournaments because there's a lot of different variables. It's, it's five races here. It's eight races here. It's 12 races here. It's over two days here. It's pick any race you want. It's pick these specific races. And with each of those specific areas come kind of different guidelines or different generalizations. You know, horse tourneys has uh, the quick start tournaments, which are six, six races. In a six-race tournament, pick winners. That's what you're trying to do because you may not have a 20-to-1 shot that wins in a six-race tournament. In a full card, you know, playing a 7-to-5 shot in a, in a nine-race or 10-race or 12-race tournament, not a good idea because you're just you're giving up equity of having that bullet that you're not taking a longer price in. So it really is a lot about how the, rate, how the, the tournament is shaped, and that's one thing that we're going to talk about as we're able to do these. Um, all of them are going to be $2 win places tournaments. Um, and like I said, we're going to have that live show every week that we're doing this so that you're going to get like specific coverage for that tournament. We're going to talk about the strategy and then talk about the races that are going on that day. I love it. And it's, it's really great to uh, see all the excitement here. Dr. Tang keeps saying awesome all over the place in, in all caps. This is great. Uh, clearly, Dr. Tang, I'll be honest, we knew you would be excited about this. Uh, so congrats. we're happy to see that that paid off. Um, let's see. Uh, Nick, we already answered this, but he, Nick says, will you pick races or will it be the standard they have for the day? It's already the ones they have, correct? Yeah. So this is going to be, this is really cool too. So this is going to be the Friday feature set which means that every Friday horse tournaments has uh, feature tournaments on Friday. And those are the $15,000 cash pool. It's usually, you know, uh, generally uh, there's always going to be the NHC, which is on horse tournaments uh, or horse players. And then it's also going to be feeders into places like the Keeneland grade one gamble, things like that. So you'll be able to compare your score in the race and dues tourney to what it took to win those different seats. So you're able for 10 bucks to kind of measure yourself up against how other people are doing on the site how the competition would be doing if you were in the 15K tournament, if you were in the Keeneland Grade 1 Gamble C tournament, if you're in the NHC qualifier, you get a good idea of how your picks would have done by playing in this. I'm looking through at the horse tourney schedule too, and there's just so many different options here for what could even be uh, but featured. But yes, this is part of the idea is we know that there's a big uh, section of the premium subscribers who like to do tournament play. And also, of course, you if you're watching the Edge Mike Shore listing, you probably are at least a little bit interested in it because you've heard Mike talk about it so much. But this is a great way to try and, you know, get more people interested in it as well because it is fun people like myself you know i really i, I dabble here and there take wild shots in, in big pools sometimes uh but for really this is the the more responsible way i guess of handling things but um I, i'm very excited and again very excited to see uh why did you say yummy now <laughs> did you get sick of awesome and you went to yummy uh god bless you Doc. listen dr tank's curing cancer i'm not going to say a snide word against him here uh but yeah this is very exciting but again this is only available to racing dudes premium subscribers so you need a 30-day subscription or greater to any of our products and it is the triple crown trail season we have uh um this is the last weekend, actually, where we don't have a Kentucky Derby prep race until the Apple Blossom, which is two weeks before the Kentucky Derby. So with that being said, we are going to have guides coming out every single week uh, once the Louisiana Derby hits. Um, all of those guides are going to have all sorts of great information, but the guides are included with every 30-day minimum subscription. So if you're someone who likes to buy a guide, maybe you want to buy a guide for each of the Derby preps, they're going to cost you $30, $40 each. If you just go ahead and get a subscription, you've already paid for it with just uh, that one subscription. You've already bought the two guides. You get in every week, and then you get access to stuff like this tournament. So it's a great time to go over and uh, be a racing dude subscriber.
what Magic said. This, I'm, I'm pumped. This is gonna be fun. Like I'm, I'm excited to be able to do this every two weeks, and I'll be one of the anchors on that show to be to like talk about the tournaments and and to talk through the different sequences on Friday. So excited to, to get more content out there, and also excited to, to have the opportunity to have everyone compete together in these tournaments and just have a blast with it. Yeah, we're going to build a community too. Like there are prizes and cash, you know, available for you to win. But really, uh, especially with the Racing Dudes team, we're not eligible for the the, the site credit anyways we're doing this because it's fun but also if you have questions use us as resources use well use one of us as as a resource don't don't use all of us but maybe use one of us uh, but yeah this is again we're all about helping and trying to learn uh so make sure you check that out racenews.com we have the uh previews from the oakland park is now racing four days a week so they had their th- first thursday race today it was a mile and a half uh just they did, like aaron said they just didn't want to stop racing they're so excited for thursday to be back at oakland but we have the friday feature up there as well the whitmore stakes the first inaugural running the inaugural running of the whitmore stakes is up right now for preview for that and the essex handicap as well uh blinkers off will be on later today you can go catch the dudes who bet sports they went through the entire bracket for the ncaa tourney so if you're looking for some betting advice i know that they'll have that make sure you tune into them as well uh and as, as dr tang says this is a great final word here magic mike army march to the nhc it starts right well it starts april 1st so we'll we'll start that on april 1st <laughs> uh but make sure you follow us on twitter i am at curtis kelloward he is at some Bomb 18 number one number eight corporate world is at racing underscore dudes and we will be back on monday to talk about all the fun and uh hey maybe we'll have a fun little handicapping segment for you until then i'm magic and i'm mike and he's chris counting his infinite money <laughs> congratulations to chris everybody who bet providence michigan gonna bitch slap the next opponent like Jawan howard to a wisconsin assistant we'll see you monday this has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes first 